one of you is the monster. Monster? They're British, you know. Hello. I'm Chris Denton. We are a very British horror. What are we going to talk about today, Paul? Well, today we're going to be poking you in the back with a sharp pointy thing to discover that weird blemish that you've got on your back that says that you're um, possessed by Satan um, because we're only spending some time with the Witchfinder General. Yes, or to give the film its correct title, Matthew Hopkins, Witchfinder General. Or the Conqueror Worm. Yes, <laughs> that's the North American title, isn't it? it? Is. Which makes no sense. Is, it, is that an O'Brien and Poe thing? Possibly, I don't know. Yeah, there's no, there are no worms. There's no worms in there. Conquering or otherwise. No. But it's interesting, we'll get back to it, Grand Poe, yeah. I think. Even though this, this film has no supernatural elements in it at all. No. And no reference to Poe, but it does have one very large link in the person of Vincent Price, the star of the Roger Corman. Edgar Allan Poe, who was flown over to England to star in this, um, this folk horror. Yeah. You said we were going to look at folk horror, yeah. and you were right, Paul. This is folk horror, and we is. are looking at it. It is. Um, so, yeah, apparently, didn't uh, American International Pictures have a hand well, it's, it, in okay. this film, which is how they got Vincent Price? That, that's exactly right, because the the, the the film was produced by British Tygon, who who a really one man outfit I think Tony Tenser, yeah. kind of a, a British producer had um, uh, formed his own production company to ride the horror film yeah. uh, wave bandwagon all that stuff and uh, I think he'd um, he'd had a big uh, well reasonable success with the sorcerers and um, had. had seen this Witchfinder General, uh, I think it was a book that he'd optioned, yeah. and um, he got, we asked Michael Reeves, the director of The Sorcerers, um, to, to, to come on board, and realised it would be pretty expensive, yeah. because this is a historical piece set during the English Civil War, and um, so he, he got funding successfully from uh, American International Pictures, who we've... Uh, talked about before and who are basically the American hammer. I think that's yeah. the, the easiest yeah. way to describe them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um. And Michael Reeves, uh, very, yep. very 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 famous, only only directed three films, died tragically very young, like twenty four years ago. Yeah, he was 20, 24, I think. Um he was twenty three when he made Which Find the General yeah. I, I, I believe. Uh, he had previously made The Sorcerers, which is a Karloff film, very good British horror film, The yeah. Sorcerers, and uh, an Italian film, which he may well have um, funded himself, called something yeah, like Revenge of the did. Blood Beast, or The She-Beast, she Beast, if, yeah. if, you're, if you're, again, North American. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I can't recommend that one. But, <laughs> but uh, and all, three, all three of these films star Ian Ogilvy. They do. The second most famous, The Saint. Well, third, I suppose, if you count Val Kilmer. Um, I think we've no, also you don't talk- count Val Kilmer. Oh, we also talked about The Saint, because we've had Ian Ogilvy before. We have, yes. We? And, uh, and now The Screaming, now the screaming Starts. Stars. Yeah, but... but um, yeah, which, uh, now The Screaming Starts, uh, Amicus film, came quite a lot later than, than this. Quite interesting. Uh, I think we'll have to go back again to this theme. Because um, this, this film... Is very different from a traditional British. Horror. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing. A lot of like all those Amicus films just follow the Hammer yeah. blueprint. This one doesn't at all. This is a totally different kind of film. I think. Yeah. You know, the, the only. The, I mean, it, it's a price is what makes it a horror film. In, yeah. in one way, I mean, the, the, there, the, the, there, are, there's quite a lot of violence. Well, it's quite. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. Is more of a. A, a violent, it's sort of violent horror, isn't it? Rather than, yeah, rather than uh, supernatural or, or or necessarily that. I think, well, I think sort it's of scary. Like, look horror. at what people people are yeah. capable of. Never yes. mind 
never, never mind vampires, etc. Yeah, it's look the at this, people. Look at this, <laughs> this stage in history and what what sort of the sorts of things that were going on, and look how horrible people can be. Yeah. Yeah. So we we touched on a load of things there to talk about already, and of course this is one of the greats. This is um, because we, we you, we usually talk about obscure episodes of television programs no one's ever seen, but this <laughs> <laughs> this this is this is one of the big British horror films, yes. isn't it? Um, yeah. I, I think I saw it was in the the top twenty in the total film sort of list of greatest horror films of all time, and yeah. and, and rightly this is this is up there with Don't Look Now and The Wicker Man. And, yes. Yeah. Uh, all those other great uh, British horror films, and that that but those. And I always think of the um, early 70s as the, a period of innovation, right at the end of the British horror boom when people were playing with, 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 with it a bit more. But, you know, this is 68, so this is actually slightly before that. People, I mean, this if you look at what uh, else was happening in, in, um, in, in horror, I mean, yeah. you're talking about the second wave of the Dracula films in full flight, aren't you? Yeah. You're talking about... Um, that's right. Dracula has risen from the grave. Well, the hammer at this point had had gone back to the their sort of uh, staples, hadn't they, of um, Dracula and 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 Frankenstein after playing around with some different things in the mid sixties. But by this point, yeah, they'd given up being too experimental and gone back to the. Uh, well, that's right. What and they and were very, very successfully in the case of those Dracula films. Dracula was yeah. in the grave. Taste the Blood of Dracula, particularly with massive successes, um, and obviously Dracula: Prince of Darkness as well. So um, I think that's why they've done that as the Hammer's yeah. uh, experiments with innovative filmmaking had, uh, had pretty much yeah. come to nothing. But I think this sort of comes out of it sort of comes out of that tradition of British horror, but it, it's. Uh, and the stuff that's gone before, but I think it's just very much its own thing. Uh, well, I, I, I think you know that's that's right. And I think we, we, okay, we got we got we got to we got to do this in some kind of order. So uh, <laughs> shall we talk about uh, Mister Price? Let's talk about Mister Price because you know that's where I started, and that's where most people are going to start with yeah. this film. This is a Vincent Price movie, really big star star name. If you're into horror films, particularly, and um, what a performance! Because this yeah. is not the usual campy, um, sort of knowing wink to the camera Vincent yeah. Price. This, this is not the Vincent Price from um, Theatre of Blood, which is he, almost his classic horror performance. This is yeah. um, well, what, most what, what we've covered the Doctor Fibes and that kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly, uh, a variation on that performance. Uh, this is proper acting, and, yeah. and um, there was a. That there's a famous a- anecdote about which um, obviously I'll retread um, that um, Michael Reeves was cons- was at well yeah at, um, in conflict with Vincent Price because he was trying to get him to act and not yeah. do his usual thing and tone it down, stop moving yeah. your arms around or whatever, rolling his eyes. Uh, yeah, and um, I think Vincent Price was like. I've made 84 films. How many have you made? <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> um, Reeve shot back with two good ones. Yeah. Which is, which is, and the Mr. Price loved that and so got on board. <laughs> and um, that's why I think this is... He's actually scary. It's difficult. Yeah. If you're used to his camp, the campy Vincent Price, difficult to imagine him actually good. But... Um, well, good, but him, him actually really being sinister and frightening and really evil. And yeah, he, he really is. I mean, obviously, um, in those Corman films, his his acting is very good as well. But there's not, there's nothing as toned down as this, and there's not, and it's so reserved, and it's oh, it's, it's really. I, mean, it, I think it's sort of. Um We'll probably touch on this again a bit later, but it's to do with the fact that obviously all the the, the Edgar Allan Poe pictures were all studio bound. They were all very um, lots of bright colours and lots of lots of very theatrical and, and, well, and fit all of that. Whereas Master Red Death, but you think yeah, yeah. Well, no, I think they were a lot. Of, like I mean, uh, yes, yes. 
the, the very colourful, that was Nicholas Rogue's cinematography in Master of the Red Death, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, like but even like the House of Usher is very colourful as well. Um, and, well, because that, that, that kind of bright early yeah, 60s. Yeah. Or but it's all very studio bound and very kind of theatrical, whereas this is like, it, it's all shot on location and pretty much. And, and I think Mr. Price apparently didn't like Yeah, and it's, cold. In the, and it's <laughs> in the British countryside, it's cold. It's it's yeah it's 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 grounded in reality, whereas obviously the 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 and of course the Poe pictures weren't one of the great one one of the the problems with the British horror film formula became they were all set in big manor houses and yeah the, because of the way British film studios worked at the time like Bray particularly, but like Shepherds and the Elm Street, they're all large manor houses with film studios as well. And so these horror films were, yeah. were all like that. And then uh, what you really saw in the British countryside were the grounds of these film studios. Yeah. So you yeah. see the, yeah, exactly. the same lake and the same road. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Whereas by going out on location like, like this, yeah. you get the... This was filmed in Norfolk, wasn't it? Was it was. It was. This is, this is, yeah. um, as you say, filmed entirely on on location and the locations are wonderful. This is yeah, um, like oh, this is proper filmmaking. This is different from yeah. this is different from um, you, you know uh, Bernard Robertson working wonders with his production design. This is like yeah. this is England. Yeah, this is what it <laughs> yeah no that's so and it's greens and browns. Yeah, um, I think a good example of that is that in contrast to stuff that's gone before, is that when the film opens. It opens with uh, a really rather fantastic shot of a guy putting together a, a gallows. Yes, and absolutely on a hill. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> and it's um, and there's a, a, a there's a whole load of people coming up, and there's a priest or whoever he is reading passages from the Bible and there's someone who's been accused of a witch is going to be hanged. It is, it is a priest. He's reading from Revelation. <coughs> which is, which I, th- I thought was a nice touch. Yeah. Um, I hadn't picked up on that. Um, but the thing that struck me about it, it's done in bright sunshine. Yeah. So it's not, it's not day for night filming or anything. It is just in broad daylight with the sunshine. The, yeah, so it's like... You, not only there's no big old country house. This is not. This is not the uh, no traffic of, of gothic horror. Yeah, no, exactly. No, no fog. That ridiculous yeah. uh, fog in and out. The screaming starts yeah. in the graveyard. No, 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 no fog. No graveyards. <laughs> it's, it, this is this is about um, the evil that men do. Yeah, and the hanging is really rather sort of brutally portrayed as well. Which, Very which, realistic. Which it is, and that's an indication of the way this film is going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this this film is, it's. I mean, this film is genuinely horrifying. Yeah. Um, and this is not like the the hammers go more towards being working now more as action horror films than actually being uh, evoking feelings yeah. of horror. But which one in general? No, which no. one in general still works? This is a. Um, uh, a nasty hanging, and then um, I think then we uh, after that um, don't we, don't we meet the main characters? Yeah, yeah. In Ian Ogilvy. Yeah, I like Ian. I do like Ian Ogilvy. He, he never really became the big star that no, he, maybe no. you think he he, he he might have been. I mean, uh, um, we've talked a lot about the, the kind of juvenile lead in. Yeah, in horror, and he definitely is that role because Vincent Price is obviously the big, yeah, the the lead the title character. Um, but um, in Ogilvy's character, who um, whose name is something tediously Richard Marshall, yeah, <laughs> nondescript, but whom is um, <coughs> uh, he's not. There, there is a bit of character to him. He, yeah. he's like a minor landowner who's joined Cromwell's army. Yeah, and and we we we, we meet him. Um, that th- we meet him on manoeuvres with his uh, yeah. regiment, yeah. with his platoon, whatever the military term is. Yeah, a few blokes on horses back 
from wherever they've been, they're I on think, p- haven't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, or maybe they're on patrol. Yeah, I don't think they're... I think they're on their way somewhere and there's some... They know this. They've, they've come back from a skirmish with some royalists and I think there's some still lurking around. Yes, yes. Um, so the, the the roundheads are attacked by uh, uh, royalists lurking in the woods, and oh, it's such a good. This is such a good scene because Richard Mar- Marshall is left with the horses, with the horses, and all the all his all his um, uh, fellow soldiers will go off into the woods. Yeah, and then there's just the sound from afar. I, of I love that of something happening, and he's not. You can tell he's not really sure what's happening or whether anything's gonna. Whether he's going to get attacked or whatever, and, and it's clearly done because it saves on the budget. But also, but it also works really well. And I think what what a, what, a, what a scene. Yeah, and I think just generally, I think um, in a lot of ways, if you have a, if you have budget restrictions, it does force you to be a bit more imaginative. So I, I do. I think it's I think it's a great scene because it just adds to that uncertainty. It, it is, and it, it ends with um, <coughs> the Roundheads victorious, but a, a wounded royalist is about to take a pot shot at the captain. When yeah. Richard Marshall sees him and shoots the Roundhead and saves yeah. his captain's life, which is handy for later. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is quite interesting, because generally those guns weren't particularly that accurate, but. I suppose it was quite in close range. Yeah, it's a dab hand. And um, and then he gets some leave and he goes off to um, meet his fiancée. Yeah. Who's called Sarah. Yeah. And who's the daughter of a vicar or a no. priest or whatever. She's uh, niece. niece. It's niece, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're, you're right. Um, niece of, of a vicar. He's played by um, Rupert Davis. Yeah. An actor I don't know very much about, but whom I recognised as playing a similar character in Dracula. Has just the grave. grave. Yeah, he's kind of like the. Um, well, he 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 he's the main um, protagonist in Dracula's Just the Grave. Yeah, he's he's sort of the hero, isn't he? He's a vampire, vampire hunting hunter. priest, isn't he? In that, and, and, but but you know, here, here his role is unfortunately. Not so um, doesn't end as well for him because um, he's basically really keen for Richard to marry Sarah and take her away because he knows yeah. he's fallen out with the villagers. Yes, uh. who, who 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 seem to think he's a papist and simultaneously a then a witch, and so <laughs> therefore, and I think this is the first indication we get that it's obvious that no one seriously believes any of these stupid witch allegations. Yes, <laughs> They're just yeah. being used yeah. <laughs> as a way of getting rid of people. And that's yeah. explicitly shown later on as well. Yeah. Because it's like, if he's a papist, obviously... <laughs> <laughs> obviously he's not a Satanist. No. <laughs> no. no. But, but obviously, this is the religious conflict. This whole area is under the... Um, control of the Puritan roundheads yeah. and uh, this guy who though is perfectly happy to have a roundhead marry, a rounded officer marry his niece is obviously tainted with the yeah. the um, kind of more liberal religious views the more and the more Catholic religious views of the uh, royalist side yeah um, and after Richard goes back off to the army Matthew Hopkins turns up um, and he basically just goes, yeah, you're yeah. definitely a witch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On no evidence okay. and, and, and gets him arrested. Uh, I guess at this point it's probably worth a little bit of historical background. Oh, let's do some Hopkins. historical background because although there is a, a, a card at the end of the film saying... Um, all characters are fictitious. No yeah. resemblance to any persons living or dead is intended. Uh, that's a complete lie. Yeah. Because there was a Matthew Hopkins. There was a Matthew Hopkins and, and a John Stern as well. Oh, yeah, John Stern, who, who, who in the film is ridiculously... Yeah, ridiculously easy. thug, basically. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> he, yeah, yeah, I mean... Uh, but tell us about Matthew Hopkins. Okay. The real Matthew Hopkins. So... so Lovable guy? Yeah, he was great fun. Um <laughs> 
basically what he did was he was somebody who he was he was a puritan um who found um i think at this point in history i think there was a lot of sort of free enterprise if you like people coming up with interesting ways of uh making money there's a, there's a lot made in this film actually of horses and the horses being a commodity yeah there's a couple of horse dealers in there as yeah. well yeah yeah um uh including um Steptoe. but um, yeah so uh matthew hopkins in, in a nutshell he 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 found that um by proclaiming himself, and he, he, as far as I know, he, I don't think he ever had this as an official title, but by proclaiming himself Witchfinder General, um, there were basically, he, he, he discovered that there was a lot of gossip about some women in Manningtree in Essex where he, he lived. Uh, and um, he then got them... Uh, tried or in the loosest possible sense as witches because they were talking with familiars and, and other things which blatantly they weren't and then um, I think but he found that this was quite a lucrative thing because he, him and, and Stern would go, go round to various different villages mostly in the, the East Anglia area and listen to people's accusations of uh, someone their neighbor that they weren't getting on with um but they were getting be accused of being a witch and and the pair of them would listen to their accusations and then and then force the person to confess by various witch tests um at which point then the, the med- torture, yeah. Known as torture. Yeah. at which point once they'd confessed and they they then uh, hang hanged them which was the preferred uh, method they used, they uh, would be paid handsomely by the the magistrate, and so this kind of went on. And it was it was basically a bit of a racket, and it went on for I think was it sixteen forty five and sixteen forty six. Maybe forty four and forty five. Forty five. During yeah. during the English Civil War, yeah, the English yeah. Civil War was in full swing at this point. Yeah. So so that's that's basically what they did. To be honest, yeah. I, I, mean, yeah, I mean, let's be clear. I don't but, think there's a lot of evidence that he actually believed what he was saying. What no. he was doing was was was. It's a form oh, of extortion. Way, well, it? it's basically assassination, isn't it? You don't like someone, <coughs> I'll get them killed for you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the beauty of it was, it was all done legally. So yes. It was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could you could you could have people legally murdered if you made up a load of lies about them being a witch. Yeah. Does it still work today? Uh, no. That's rather fortunate. Really. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he he didn't last long, did he? Um, no. 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 And, but I think he died in 1645. 1646, I think, or 47. Well, he's certainly dead now. He is certainly dead now. Yeah. Uh, hang on. Yeah, so he died in 1647. 1647? Okay. Yeah. Good. When the, the Civil War was coming to its climax, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, around that sort of time. Well, well you can take the climax as the execution of the king. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, <coughs> right. So, that's some good historical information. Um, and, and, and you can see that it's a great basis for a film and yeah. John, John Stern the character he is a, like you say he's a, a thug he's a torture he enjoys yeah. that he's, yeah. but basically he can't believe his luck can't yeah. Yeah, exactly. so he's, he's, he spends all his time torturing and when he's not doing that he's in uh, taverns getting drunk and carousing yeah. yes and, and I mean he's a he is such a horror I mean, I mean yeah he, he has no redeeming features no, no absolutely none. I mean, actually, neither does Hopkins, really. He, he, Hopkins doesn't, but he's kind of a more civilised version of the same. Hopkins In some is, ways, he's worse, though. Hopkins is driven by a deep-seated hatred of women, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
he he devises a new method of execution some midway through the, the film, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. Which, which which is in fact uh, burning. Yeah. Not not quite at the stake. Even more horrible than that, because um, it's kind of like semi-crucifixion, semi-burning at the stake, where they're they're kind of crucified and then lowered onto the yeah. burning uh, pyre. Um, hor- makes a really effective scene. Yeah. <laughs> horrible, and he just comes up with that. I think after um, the whole thing with Sarah's gone south, so backing up yeah. with the um, uh, back backing up a, a bit. Um, in, in, once um, he's arrested this priest, um, Sarah's uncle, she um, she's she uses her feminine wiles to try and get the whole thing yeah. stopped. E.G. E- e- says, oh, well, she doesn't just say, she sleeps with Matthew Hopkins in order to stop him from yeah. um, to- uh, torturing and murdering her uncle. Whose name, by the way, is John Lowe's. Yeah, okay. Um, he, I mean, he kept in prison, but um, Hopkins is like, no, leave him alone. Yeah. Uh, but then, then this cosy little arrangement comes to the end in a really horrific fashion because Hopkins is called away, and then Stern decides he wants a piece of this action, yeah. and there's a rape scene. Yeah. And um, there's a witness who's one of the villagers tells Hopkins what's happened. Hopkins uh, decides at that point, well, there's no, I'm not interested in Sarah anymore. Um, and so then he starts yeah. on, on yeah. Uh, uh, John Lowe's again. Um, now, the, we're talking, uh, unfortunately, with the the, the more sort of uh, visceral, whatever you say that word, <laughs> horror, and the more realistic depiction of horrible people, We've had sexual violence yeah. and and uh, like the proper extortion, sexual blackmail yeah. and extortion introduced. And um, you know, no, I <laughs> don't think usually that's a very good idea in a film. But no. you know, this this is not one of this is not you. It's not an exploitation. Well, it is an exploitation film, but in one sense, but yeah. in another sense, it's artistically justified, yeah. it narratively makes sense, and it, do, I mean, it does realist, it does depict quite a horrible, monstrous uh, Hopkins and Stern are, yeah. um, without um, being supernatural yeah. entities in league, they're, they're not in league of the devil, they're just no, evil, they're, just, they're, just, <laughs> they're yeah. humanly evil, yeah. uh, whereas uh, um, John John is a John Lowe's is a decent uh, priest who's just you know yeah. just fall fallen out with his somebody parishioners yeah. over a matter of um, I, I, well religious yes but it, it, obviously in the seventeenth yeah. century it, religious was political so yeah, it's, it's so essentially a political falling yeah. out <laughs> yeah yeah um, um, and uh, I think I, I want to mention that Sarah's played here by Hilary Dwyer and what a really fantastic performance. Um, she's got, uh, I mean, her, her her arc in this film is pretty pretty horrible. Yeah. She starts off happy, she can get married. She's obviously she obviously really does like Richard. Yeah. Um, and there's some there's a terrible um, bit in the first scene where where he goes to kiss her to celebrate. Yeah. Um, and, and she goes, "Oh, you're a bit rough. This, the army's taught you rough manners." She yeah. Uses that. yeah. And he like he's like oh sorry about that and he goes back to being like uh, gentle with her yeah but unfortunately she has to put up with a lot more horrible things happening to her throughout yeah. the course of the the, the, the film and um, the, the 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 way Hilary Dwyer um, uh, plays this is you know it makes it sort of you feel angry on her behalf it's touch is it yeah. is touching she 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 you know. Because you empathise with her and the crap she goes through. Yeah, it's it, it, it's unusually good for for a British horror film of this this period, and it's because this film is a bit more real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting you brought up the thing about him being rough. Did you sort of read anything else into that? Because generally, like what? most of the characters in this are all fairly nasty, apart from one or two. I, I and I, did, I just wondered if that hinted at 
something in um, I think Ian Ogilvy's character. The wars brutalised society. So, so yeah. I, I think social barriers have kind of well, social order, social barriers. They're all they're all on the verge of break, breaking. And I down. guess it kind of it foreshadows something later on the end. I, I guess as well. I, I, I mean, so like uh, Richard's not a, an evil. No, he's not ca- character, but he does have. Um, you know, he's capable of extreme acts. He's, he's capable of. of Acts of violence and darkness, and indeed, when he finds out uh, what Hopkins and Stern have done, yeah. he swears um, that he's going to get like horrible vengeance, and he basically yeah. uh, doesn't he, he deserts in order to try and go after Stern and Hopkins. Unfortunately, um, he, he, he tracks down Stern and has a bar fight with him, which yeah. he—it's a draw. But yeah. Stern gets yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> so um it's not he's just so angry, he doesn't think it through, he just like goes yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, yeah. he kind of he kind of warns them. So then after that Hop Hopkins and Stern know that there's this guy. But also that In fact in fact I think they're they're pretty much used to people being very angry at them. Yeah. yeah. But it was quite <laughs> interesting though, because Stern's quite sort of brazen in and in what he does, like he comes up to him and goes, "Ah, oh, we do this, and you know, we can." Do you want to tell us about your? Which yeah, which we'll, we'll find them guilty. Friends. They're dead. Find, they're yeah, dead already. Like, yeah. He comes up. It's like very. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll sort them out. We'll we'll find your witches for you. What? What? Who do you want us to do for you? Do you in for you? <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, but um, luckily, after this encounter. Um, Richard is not executed for desertion because his commanding officer is like, yeah, I should do that, yeah. but you saved my life, so I'm not yeah. going to do it this time. Just, yeah. And 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 then and then actually, um, he goes off. They all go off to fight the Battle of Naseby. Yeah. A big battle in the uh, English Civil War. A little skirmish, according to the. There's a scene where they're having. Yeah, they're, they're playing they're it down. Having. It's good. Yeah. They're, they're playing it down. But unfortunately, because there's obviously only about ten roundheads, <laughs> I think we only ever see like two royalists. Yeah, um, you, uh, you could well believe it was actually a little skirmish, but yeah, no, I quite like that because I thought that was quite. Uh, I thought it was quite a little. It's like a little funny history joke. I, I like that. If, if you know, obviously, about the the, the, the Battle of Naseby. Well, I, th- I think I think the, the intention is that you you get the idea, and and with a scene. Uh, afterwards, with Cromwell and his officers <coughs> um, celebrating the uh, yeah. the victory, and um, uh, it, it seems like Richard's done well in the battle because uh, he comes up and Cromwell makes him a captain and gives him a special message uh, mission to find the king, who's apparently uh, fleeing for um, uh, Holland or something like that. Yeah, yeah. but um, Richard's like, yeah, I'm going to find the king. I'm going to find the king. I'm going to find Matthew Hopkins and kill him. I mean, I'm going to find the king. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, and then so so uh, the blood feuds black on. Black yeah, on. yeah. And um, what happens then? I know what happens then. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What does happen then? We've lost it. They. Um, he picks up the trail. He picks up the trail, doesn't he? And um, and, and 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 rather alarmingly, Hopkins has gone to what was it, Lavenham, yeah. which is only the same place that uh, Richard sent Sarah to hide out. <coughs> what, what are the, the chances? chances? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and so then we go into the whole sort of third yeah, act, yeah. which which is uh, Hopkins sees her. And goes right. Well, that means Richard's going to be around. Yeah. He wants to kill me. We'll have to kill him first. Luckily, I decry him as a witch. So I can yeah. have him legally murdered. That's yeah. part of my whole act. So um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he he does that as as a, and successfully as as Richard's been taken away um, to the local magistrates. Um, another aggrieved husband yeah. slash lover comes and and tries to kill him. Uh, Hopkins and Stern and Hopkins just goes oh 
I haven't got time for this. Bang! And shoots him. In the bit, I, I, bit I, I of an Indiana Jones style, actually. I actually, <laughs> yeah, just I actually really like on. that, because you're, you're sort of thinking, because he's, he's the husband of the witch that they burned. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and you obviously think, he's come in, and you, you think, right, something's going to happen there. He's going to distract them enough that, that they get away or something. And it's like a complete, it's almost like a complete double bluff in that they go, ha, ah, we know you think that this is going to be a distraction that will move this on and our heroes will, will escape. But then it's like, ha ha, no it isn't, because we just haven't had him shot. Um, well, that, 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 that's right. And, that's, uh, so, uh, and there's been a couple, that, that's the second moment of the kind of, um, it's, he's, he's I mean, he's a man of action, Hopkins. Yeah. So he'll, he'll do he'll do that. And yeah. there's there's a scene as well with when the soldiers try and steal um, Hopkins' oh, horses. horses. Yeah. And, and Hopkins is just like, I'm going to run away from these. So- well, yeah. ride away from yeah. them. And he, yeah, he manages to he, he leaves Stern, Stern behind yeah. to get and then he just shot and rides, murdered and stuff. Through. And then and then Hopkins shoots um, one of the soldiers' horses to stop him pursuing. So he's He's a bit of an action man. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he, you know, he, Hopkins is not a coward. No. Um, and also uh, not really afraid to ditch anyone of any of his oh, colleagues. He's totally cold. Speak. He's totally cold blooded. Um, but he, he, I mean, he. So, and his plan is quite a good one to to get rid of Richard. Richard and Sarah are taken away to be tortured in this dungeon. Yeah. But, but he ha- obviously what he hasn't factored. Is that Richard's like a captain in the Roundhead Army, and, yeah. and he's got his other soldier mates with him. Yeah. And his soldier mates, lead one played by Nicky Henson, who I love, yeah. Nicky yeah. um, And they they find um, this other guy that's been shot, and they manage to say, um, "Oh, what's happened?" And he tells them. So you see, it, yeah. it, it, there is there is there is there's a payoff, yeah. And, and and so the, um, the the soldiers go to the castle and basically. Um, Spring, well, not quite spring, but they they put a stop to the torture yeah. and the stuff. And uh, uh, well, Richard goes right. Well, I'm gonna. Uh, I, I'm not very pleased with Matthew Hopkins, so he just keeps hacking it in yeah. with a hatchet. <laughs> yeah. And Nicky um, Henson's like, oh, you probably should stop that. So he shoots um, Hopkins. Yeah. yeah, to put him out of his misery. Yeah. And this enrages Richard. He's like, "You took him from me! You yeah. took him from me!" Because not only did he have this blood feud, but, but he has seen Sarah being tortured to yeah, get a yeah. confession out. And Sarah, by the end, is just yeah. like she's horrified, but she's she's horrified as much by what's her, but her pain and stuff, but what she's just well, seen yeah, Richard yeah, yeah. do by as well. Hus- husband at that point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, although they're not just losing it. Yeah. So and 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 that's. And that's that's where it ends. That's the end. Oh, uh, Stern's dead as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, uh, pretty harrowing. Yeah, really. Yeah. And ending on quite a bleak note. And yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so it's difficult to say. I mean, it's because it's, it's it's like um, oh, like something like Reservoir Dogs when something that it's just like you're you're taken into it and it's just like this is awful yeah. these poor yeah. people <laughs> yeah. but then but then um, uh, yeah you, you really get into it and and um, I've watched this film a few times and um, I think I can't I don't know it's like you're not precisely enjoying it's not like you're no. enjoying I mean you're, you admire it but yeah. can you say you're really enjoying it it's it's, uh, it's <laughs> I, I, I mean it's a wonderful piece of filmmaking it is yeah yeah, and there's some great shots. There's some lovely. I mean, it really just, as we said before, highlights the the, the English countryside. There's the, lots of very long shots of people on galloping horses through countryside, and, and to the point where I was a bit worried about um, the poor horse. Yeah, <laughs> he hasn't had much of a rest. I think he gets like a couple of minutes rest at one point. <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, and those shots are quite often um, accompanied by this wonderful music, which I thought yeah. was green sleeves, but isn't green sleeves. It's, it's uh, that kind of style of yeah. music. But I thought the music was a bit odd at times in this. Well, it would have been odder if it had been like a pop song. 
Well, yes, it would have been, but... <laughs> yeah. There was some quite sort of heroic music at some points, which is quite good, but then some other music which didn't seem to quite fit, which in a way goes to... which just adds to the uh, the notion that this is a completely different uh, different type of horror film to what, what's come before. Anyway, Paul, I've got to stop you there because it's time for the obligatory Doctor Who reference. Okay. It's pretty obscure this time. Right. This is the link to Doctor Who. The film's screenplay is written by Michael Reeves and Tom Baker. Okay. It wasn't that Tom Baker. No, it wasn't, it wasn't the Tom Baker. It was a guy called Tom Baker who's actually a, an old friend of Michael Reeves. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's not a bad link. <laughs> it's not a bad link. <laughs> it's a bit jarring, actually, when you see screenplay by Michael Reeves and Tom Baker. Yeah. Did Tom Baker do that? <laughs> but um, I think he's credited as Tom Baker in exactly the same way, which you wouldn't normally get, because this is prior yeah. to Tom Baker's fame, but, but um, also he's a writer, and uh, therefore... Um, he doesn't have to, like the equity thing. You, you can share a name with someone yeah. else. And um, there's a there's a there's a writer called Christopher Lee. You know, yeah. I mean, I personally I don't think it should be allowed. Do you think Christopher Lee you write all these history books? <laughs> it's like, no, it's a different Christopher Lee. Yeah. Anyway, but I guess people have the same names. Although it is annoying. It? No, it shouldn't be allowed. No, it shouldn't be. Anyway, that was um, that was that was the obligatory obviously. There's probably others. There is, there is a lot of one. Oh, think, go on then. I mean, I'm just checking these out. people, I'm sure, were in Doctor Right. So there's there's one of the minor characters in He's played by a guy called Derek Ware, who was basically a stuntman. I can't remember who plays in this, but... Um, but yes, he was in. Yes, he's the boy at Hawks Inn. Hawks Inn. Anyway, he's um, he plays. He, he's he's a stuntman, so he was in lots of Doctor Who playing unit soldiers, monsters, and anyone that generally fell off. I'm gonna say I think my reference to Doctor Who. But you know, good try though. Nicky <laughs> Henson was in a, a big finish Doctor Who. Oh, that's good. Uh, one of the early ones, but by Mark Platt and Luke Carew. Oh, I've, yeah, I've heard that one. That was good, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah, okay. Oh, I think it's on as even in the Doctor Who reference. Yeah. Right. Anyway, let's skip over that. <laughs> not, everyone cares about Doctor Who, right? Yeah, they do. Well, they might do. Um, okay, so... I think that's largely um, all I've got to say on this one in general. Apart from um, Michael Reeves, who we've talked about, was yeah. was was a really interesting guy, and I watched um, tonight. I rewatched um, it's, it's an episode of Eurotica, I think, from 1999, oh, right. which was um, like a 25 minute documentary on Michael Reeves' life. It's the only one of it ever okay, seen. Yeah, it's on, it's yeah. on the Witchfinder General DVD. It's on YouTube. We should put up a link, but it's really. Um, Interesting little, little, little take on his life and yeah. uh, goes from his like early days. He basically was a 17 year old, turned up at Don Siegel's <laughs> door in Hollywood saying you're the best director in the world. Yeah. That's why I come from England. To, uh, and, he had, and Don Siegel gave him a job as a runner or something, and then uh, yeah, he ended up in Rome after that. Yeah. Um, he worked on Castle of the Living Dead, some yeah, yeah. terrible Italian horror film which has got Christopher Lee and Donald Sutherland in. Yeah. Um, as like assistant director or something, and then uh, we talked about you, it. Then. Have you seen that at all? I've never seen Castle no. of the Dead. You know, I haven't seen a lot of the the Italian horror films no. um, or the the European horror films that were done in the style of. Yeah. Uh, there were. I've seen like Mask of Satan. I've seen, and that was very good. Yeah. Uh, so I have seen. I have seen some of them, but I, it's not like I've seen more of the British and the American ones. I think. It's the it's the terrible dubbing of course we are. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's um there's a, an adaptation of Carmilla with possibly in Crypto Horror or something yeah. that um, I quite like. But they, they, they're quite often a bit incomprehensible. 
Well, and yeah. Quite often they will have like a big star like Christopher Lee, and they'll get like the Dane sword. And then edit quickly in a bizarre way, I said. So just narratively make it sense. Barbara Steele is one of the yeah. big stars in the European. Part she was uh, British, she's British. Yeah. But um, she, she mostly made films. In, yeah. in, in Europe, yeah. and she's very good in Master of Satan. And um, she was employed for one day, as you say, yeah. <laughs> exactly right, for one day uh, on Revenge of the Blood Beast. Yeah. There's, a, there's a story in that Yorkshire episode about how um, the producer was like, Well, one day, but you didn't say how many hours there were in a day. <laughs> <laughs> so he kept her around for 18 hours. I was very happy about that. But <laughs> um, so she's the, she's the big horror star in that one in Ogilvy's yeah. his first film yeah. uh, he cause in Ogilvy was a childhood friend for yeah. and then in The Sorcerers it's Carlos Boris Carlos uh, yeah. so it's sort of Michael Reed's first real proper budget horror horror, horror film and yeah. Carlos and I I got this this thing uh, this belief that Karloff was as important in the 60s as he was in the 30s. Well, not, probably not. No. But, <laughs> but he was a big horror star in, in the 60s. Yeah. But people, it, it, his own work in the 30s and yeah. 40s sort of overshadows what yeah. he did in basically his old age. But I mean, he made at least one great film in the 60s, and that was Targets. But he made a lot of other, <laughs> he made a lot of, a lot of other horror films that, that are pretty good yeah. in the 60s, like the 60s, and The Sorcerers. He's definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, and and then and then and, and then this great um, big surprise movie. And what Michael Reeves was signed up to direct, to write and direct. I think the Oblong Box. Oh, okay. Which is um, an AIP um, Poe adaptation. Yeah. Know, nothing to do with Roger Corman, obviously. Um, probably nothing to do with Graham Poe either, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this was the same order of the Pompa word. But, um, yeah, he died uh, whilst that film was in pre-production. And um, I, for years I really wanted to watch The Open Box because it's, it's got this surprise, Christopher Lee, yeah, their first film together. And Hilary Dwyer came, came okay. back for it. Um, and I presume it would have had the inography in it, <laughs> but it doesn't. But I'm sure it would have done. Um, yeah, but it's crap. Really, is crap. I remember having taped that off the TV uh, years and years ago, and having it sit at the end of something else on a videotape, and then never ever got around to watching it. No, it. it, it, it I'm, I'm disappointed by how badly it sucks. It ended up being directed by Gordon Hessler. Oh, right. Who? Was a, Who? Yeah, jobbing director <laughs> at the time. And, um, oh, it was... It, I mean, I, 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 bought, I, I didn't tape it off TV. I watched it on Region 1 DVD. Oh, okay. It's a double feature or something. Oh. And I was very excited and then very disappointed. <laughs> and that happens as well with um, Cry of the Banshee, which uh, is another AIP bit surprise horror film. Which is one of the very last ones I ever saw, and was like, "Oh, really looking forward to that." That apparently that's got Hilary Dwyer in as well. Okay. AI, I, and um, I was really Gordon Hesler said, "Yeah, um, AIP sort of insisted that Hilary Dwyer be in it." So they obviously thought, "Yeah, she had the makings of a real star," and yeah. they kept using her. Uh, unfortunately, using her in rubbish films, and she she um, she gave up um, acting, but then she she went on to have a career as a, an, an agent and as a producer. Oh. I, I mean, I, obviously she, she also did very well. Uh, I mean, this is her crowning yeah. achievement as an actress. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it's, just, it's a real, it is a shame there weren't the opportunities. I mean, obviously Barbara Steele was a bit of an exception, but yeah. um, like British horror was, I mean, horror uh, in Britain and America was was kind of the, the male stars yeah, the, yeah. Um, got most of the work. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, like, Ingrid Pitt only ever made about four horror films. <laughs> you think of her yeah, as like the great yeah. screen queen. That, yeah. But, but yeah, it's like the, the, the career for actresses in horror was a bit 
Massive shame that you, you're dealing with people well, who are really, I mean, I mean, a, really a, good. A good example of that in this film is, is the, I think, probably forced on them by the, by the AIP, but the, the, the amount of fairly pointless nudity there was, is. It was forced on them by um, the, they the studio. Um, so they, yeah, they, I think they more, wanted more sexy stuff. Yeah, I, I think the violence was actually um, no, the the the, vi- the violence um, Reeves wanted, the sex the yeah. studio wanted, and yeah. it's got both. Well, yeah. it doesn't really. It does. It does have a couple of sex scenes, but well, it has. It has uh, one one at the beginning, near the beginning, which you don't. Not a lot happens in it. Not a lot. You don't see much, but it's um, between Ian Ogilvy and. And, and Hilary Dwyer, and it serves a narrative purpose. And there's a, there's a, there's another one that similarly is justified by the by the plot about an hour into it, isn't yeah. it? In, in the end, just that's when they oh, get yes, arrested yeah, yeah, yeah. because the yeah. But um, but the rest of it, there, there's there, there, there's some topless. Yeah. Uh, a couple of times there's topless women in in the in the pubs, yeah. the taverns, yeah. uh, that Stern's in, and that really isn't needed. No. So, um, but well, that it's almost like a. Well, we want we, the studios are going. Well, we want some more sort of nudity in, in, in there, and it's almost like Reeves has just gone. All well, right, we'll we'll confine it to in these scenes and make nothing of it whatsoever. But this was '68 as well. Yeah. This was this was the, the the summer of love, wasn't it? I mean, this is when things changed. Like in '66, yeah. you'd never have been able to do it. There are no, no, no. there are no horror films with nudity in '66. Sixty-seven, not really, and then, then when you get to the seventies, get a lot. Yeah, yeah, and and I I, 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 once wrote a thesis about this, saying that it was a disaster for British horror that nudity came in, because in America these films were kids' films. The, the Americans didn't care about the violence. I mean, it's fine in general. We've never been a kids' film, but yeah. most British horror films were. Ended, were aimed at kids when they were in, in America, yeah. and of course, as soon as you got nudity, the American sort, yeah. sort of uh, uh, Puritan streak came in, and they couldn't see him anymore. And then, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, that, yeah. I, I, interesting theory. No, I, I, I well, it's probably not the only factor. Of that. No, no, but yeah, um, certainly the, I mean, a lot of. A lot of uh, films are great because of happy accidents, because the constraints yeah. uh, are made to be um, positives, not negatives. And yeah. I think like the the, the budget, uh, obviously a slightly smaller budget, but it's always going to be a British horror. And then the um, the kind of insistence on on, on, on the slightly senior elements. Yeah, it actually helps. All this stuff helps the film. Yeah, it, it either doesn't detract or it actively improves it. Yeah. So. Um, that's why I think that's why this is one of the, one of the great films, and I think we should let's let's leave it there and go to our, our our questions, which I know you love to ask. Okay, so our first one is: is did you enjoy this? No, I I can't I can't say I enjoyed it because no. it's, how I mean how can you enjoy this? No. So no, no. I mean, it's fantastic, but no. I think everyone should, should watch it, and you should definitely watch it if you haven't seen it. So I would tell you that I, I enjoyed the the performances in it, you know, especially Hilary Dwyer and, um, and uh, uh, Vincent Price. You know, his performance is much more understated. It's great. Again, and, and, and like, I, I, the, I the shots and the countryside and all this sort of yeah. stuff, but, but the, the actual... No, you're right. It's it's quite harrowing. Right. So it's one of the very few of the films we talk <laughs> about. Where I'm going to say no, we didn't. No, enjoy don't, it. Yeah, that is great. We didn't. It didn't okay. So um, do you think it sort of holds up? Yeah, I think it's so today. contemporary. I mean, if you think about the films we usually watch, yeah, they're, they're kind of off their time. And this, I mean, like, yeah. if you remade this now. You would do it. Well, it wouldn't be as good, but no, you do, you'd, be you'd, very similar, you'd do yeah. it the same way. This, this, yeah. Reeves was very ahead of his time. This, this, this is a very contemporary film. Yeah. The only thing that lets it down is all of his hair. It's very, very late sixties. 
This hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to forgive that. <laughs> okay. Uh, and um, what's the final one? Oh, was it, was it scary? Yeah, well, psycho. It's psycho. It, I mean, it's, it's psychological. It's, it's not horror. scary. It's, well, it's, 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 only, it's only like frightening because, like I say, okay, if um, people are really capable of this kind of thing. I guess if you think about. I don't think a witch finder is going to get me, but... No, I think, <laughs> you, I think it's just when you think about the, the, the various ways they um, they, they devised, devised for coming up with the test for finding witches, and, and just the sheer uh, ridiculousness of, of those tests, and, and, and the, the way it's like, really, they're really obviously done to, just so that they can... Prove these people witches and, and kill them. It's just, it's just really, really horrible. It's sort of part funny, but also part. Well, there's actually a, there's a really horrible that, that that people could get to that stage. There's a moment in this film which is almost Monty Python. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously there's a witch scene in Monty Python as well, which the is very, very, yeah, which is yeah. very, very funny. But, but in this, they um, they do the the ducking. Okay, yeah, go and yeah, find this yeah. moat and the three suspects, including the, the Reverend Lowe's, <coughs> load in. And um, like uh, the one, one of the one, one of the suspects drowns, yeah. and the other two survive. Yeah. And uh, and Mr. Price goes, well, she drowned, therefore she was innocent. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. these two survived, so uh, hang them, yeah, yeah, witches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, that that is funny, but. It's too. It's yes. So horrible. It's, it's the ridiculousness of it. It's, yes. it's, it's sort of well, I, funny, but it's, but it's yeah, it's not nice. The fact that people could could do that. And, and, and you know, obviously, this 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 did happen. There is some sort of place that we talked about. And then yeah. the Salem witch trials in America, not that long afterwards. Yeah. Which, p- partly, it is said. Uh, inspired by the work Hopkins, but yeah. obviously also inspired by you know, people just being horrible yeah, to each ridiculous other. Ridiculous, and, and just witch myths in general. I, right. I think I think witchcraft and those sort of myths have been around for a long time. I think these were just periods of concentrated. But and of course, the up, the the, um, the upheaval, social uncertainty means that um, you could get away with this more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The like, chaoticness of uh, what was actually happening at the time. Right. And do you know, um, I, I liked this subject matter so much. We're going to carry on with the folk horror. And um, our next film, is it gonna, another British Tigon production as well? What are we going to do next time? We are going to do The Blood of Satan's Claw. Yes, which is a film, not a ritual. Yes. Um, yeah, so I'm, you know, I've been. This was on my list of uh, my wish list of things to, to to podcast about, going back to the beginning, and um, it's going to be that's going to be a good one. So, um, you know, uh, if you have your views on Blood and Satan's Claw, please, please, and indeed on which one in general, get in touch. We'd love to know. Yeah. And uh, you know, Paul, you do your social media spiel so well. I think you should go through okay. It so you can contact us via Facebook, and um, we're just a very British horror. Is our page on Facebook. You can um, contact us via email, which, is, which we'll definitely read out uh, at uh, verybritishhorror at gmail.com, or you can contact us on Twitter, where we are Very Brit Horror. I, th- I think that about covers it. It does, yeah. So, till next time, I've been Vincent Price. No, not Vincent Price. No. I've been Chris Denson. And I've been for one. Ah, see, I threw you. I knew I'd throw you. Yeah, you, you threw me. You so didn't I'm do you. So, so you're obviously a witch, sorcery. <laughs> Burn him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll do it again properly. I've been Chris Denton. And I'm. What do I normally say? And I'm still for <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, let's end this. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>